Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 683 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, Brendan from Coach Trip. We'll be hearing from him. And some great ideas to go and visit TV show and film sets, which are located throughout the UK. Uh, we'll be talking Who, Zoo and Dinosaur World with Will Dorrell and finding out some of the fab stuff that you can do and enjoy your summer visiting a brilliant attraction just outside Telford, so only down the road from us here in Wolverhampton. Also, we've got an awful lot of music for you. We're talking to and hearing from the Parlour Creepers. Also, we're finding out about a, a world where music is out there in the wild and uh, a single that's a 12 inch that's been produced based on some lost tapes from 1982 by a gentleman who has recorded so many bits of music you would have heard but never realized was him uh, is part of the show uh the amber quills of the band uh we've got michael burdett joining us to chat about that and it's an amazing story you'll absolutely love it Plus, we'll also be hearing from When Rivers Meet. More fantastic music for us as they're out on tour. And I have a brand new live DVD out there. If you can't get to one of the gigs, it's the next best thing. That's all coming up on the show this week. Who, Zoo and Dinosaur World is your go-to destination this summer? Just in Telford, so only up the road, and an amazing world of fantastic things to see and do for all the family. Will Dorrell, who's probably just as excited about the summer as the kids are, joins me now. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm good. And I, I trust you've got a fantastic array of events coming up and, of course, all the experiences where families get to meet the animals too. Yes, yeah, we've got um, I've got all sorts of things coming up this summer. Um, all the normal activities such as uh, ostrich feeding and um, and meet the reptiles, and of course meet the dinosaur, which is the uh, the ever popular one. You see, um, it says that that's normal to you, but to the rest of it, this is something <laughs> special. You do that sort of thing every day. Yeah, yeah, we kind of kind of forget actually how um, how exciting it is. Um, but yeah, we've got um, we've got thirty animatronic dinosaurs on site, uh, including uh, well, and in addition to that, some animatronic suits. Um, so uh, so of course they're real dinosaurs. But um, uh, as far as the kids are concerned, but um, yeah, a couple of times a day, with uh, members of staff come out in in the suits for, uh, for 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 the kids to see, and it's uh, I would say probably comfortably our most popular um, activity that we do. Yeah, and uh, I say that is something which, which you, you're not going to get anywhere else in the region. This is the, the the major selling point, and and something I know that you are very excited about. Yeah, definitely. I've always been a massive dinosaur geek ever since I was, you know, probably a toddler, to be honest, certainly mm -hmm. as far back as I can remember. Um, and um, I mean, obviously, um, my life sort of growing up has been all around animals and, and, and everything else. And they're, they're still sort of the most important important part of the uh, of the whole sort of. Um, enterprise really to us um mm -hmm. but um but yeah the dinosaurs uh, have, have have an important role to play as well we particularly like to use them as a opportunity to uh, in a fun way educate kids about you know about extinction and obviously you know fortunately what a lot of animals are facing nowadays as well 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, fingers crossed, no massive meteorites in the next few months. Mind you, the way the world's been going of late, anything could happen. But... Well, let's be honest, it would not surprise me. <laughs> we wouldn't be shocked, but anyway, yeah. But um, it, it, it is, it's a great educational tool. And it's something which you say they, they can't experience for real. Jurassic Park isn't real, just for anybody who's seen the films and thought it was a documentary. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it is um, great to, to get that understanding. And it, it tells us about evolution as well and, uh, and major extinction events. But equally, it shows how important the animals are we have around us. And you've got some great creatures to meet on your side. We do, yes. I mean, we've got um, all of your sort of uh, you know farm staples. You know, obviously, we started off as Who Farm. It's probably what a lot of your uh, listeners remember uh, remember us as. We, we were that for sort of thirty years, so um, so it's a difficult name to uh, to get rid of. Um, <laughs> and yes, yeah, so we're Who Farm for a very very long time. We've still got all the farm animals, but and we've also got a lot of your zoo staples as well. You know, your meerkats, lemurs, your birds of prey, reptiles, um, all that sort of stuff. But we have got some more unusual ones, even sort of animals that you don't see at you know some of the bigger zoos. Things like African civets, um, things like um, uh, bobcats, um, servals as well, um, caracal, a lot of the sort of smaller cat species that don't necessarily get their time to shine at other places. We, we really use that as an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to sort of show them off. Um, and some of them we do we do the VIP experiences with as well, which um, which obviously have to be pre-booked um, and are now getting quite busy for the summer. But it's certainly worth looking on our website for those. Yeah, and uh, check out what you can do to get the family involved. And it is about yeah, that experience, isn't it? I mean, you, not only, you get really close to the animals when you, you come for a general day out. I've been down there. I'm hoping to get over this summer, fingers crossed. But we'll have to see if we can sort something out. But uh, it, it is just a, a, an amazing experience, a, a great walkthrough experience, but equally accessible too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we um, uh, like, like like I said, it's a it, it's a great experience. We try to make it sort of friendly for friendly for the whole family, for everybody of uh, different uh, ranges of abilities and and so on. And we we've um, this this year for the first time we're doing SEN nights um, throughout uh, throughout the summer. Uh, so it's every Monday night throughout the summer holidays, with the exception of the bank holiday Monday, we are having that night off. Um, but um, but yeah, we're having um, special SEN nights from six till nine, where um, you know any uh, anybody adults and children with uh with with sen can come along and uh, with their families and and have have use of the zoo exclusively just um just for sort of that group of people um you know and, and we want really want to sort of try and make it as accessible and um and as sort of friendly to, to everyone and it's amazing the reaction that everyone from every background ability disability or mobility has to the, the animals themselves and it, it takes you into a different world where all your cares and worries seem to disappear yeah, exactly. Um, it's um, I, I mean, I have to admit, it's it's one of my sort of favourite things to do. Um, if uh, if I'm having a bad day, is just sometimes to go and sort of find a quiet spot on the zoo somewhere and just um, perhaps some of the sort of less popular animals that you know. Um, but there's sometimes some of the best ones to just sort of sit in front of and just watch for 10, 15 minutes, and uh, everything kind of melts away until you have to go back to the uh, the craziness of ordinary life. I suppose the only animal that feels left out is a skunk because you can't get too close to them. Yeah, although actually, to be fair, they're not—they're not too bad. They're not as bad as everyone makes out. We've got—we've got Zorilla and and Zorilla spray. That—that that really is horrible. Um, Skunk—it it makes skunk seem like flowers in a in a in contrast. <laughs> but I mean, this is all part of the natural world. It is absolutely fantastic to see and experience. And I mean, now you've got you know, the, the zoo in the name, and uh, you—you're you're just constantly expanding. There's, there's so many different uh, you know, creatures to see. How many different species do you have on site? Not counting the dinosaurs, that, 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 that's separate. Oh, not counting the dinosaurs then. <laughs> um, no, um, 
uh animals um we need to well, well we do a sort of a, a, an annual uh, inventory um and, and at the last count we had just under 100 um so we have we have about 400 animals in total but just over 100 different species so just under 100 different species um so as you can imagine it it sort of takes quite a, an array of sort of um, staff and sort of skills and capabilities to look after them um I'd love to take full responsibility for it, but actually my job nowadays is very much office-based. Um, we have a fantastic group of keepers who, uh, who, who, who look after them for us. So uh, yeah, and a, a great team and so knowledgeable about the animals too. They are, yeah, which is which is which is great. I mean, previously, you know, being a family-run business, previously it always used to be sort of tried to kind of almost do everything yourself. Um, but yeah, um, the, the guys, that, the, the, the keepers that we've got who, who work for us, um, all fantastic, really knowledgeable on those species. Um, and to be honest, they love sharing it as well. So, you know, if ever you are down and, and there's something you're not sure about, if you speak to one of them, they'll, they'll more than happily sort of stand there, probably talk your ear off, uh, sort of, you know, um, 10, 15 minutes about a particular animal. Um, so yeah, they're, um, no, they're, they're, they're a fantastic bunch. And of course, you got to animal welfare at the heart of what you do. Yeah, well, like you know, like like everything um, in, uh, in in sort of nowadays, and and you know, sort of going back historically as well. That that is the most important thing that that we do, which is which is why sort of even though it was exciting bringing the dinosaurs in, we sort of really wanted to link it into the animals. You know, but like I said, make it an educational tool, make it about the animals as well. And um, and yeah, like you said, animal welfare is is for us is the most important important possible thing that we could um uh, the, uh, the really we could focus on. Um, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Naturally. Now, uh, I know you love the creatures. I know you love spending time with them when you can, based on the paperwork that you have. But I say this is one for everybody to enjoy. Give us all the details on tickets and how people can uh, find out how much it costs to get in. Yeah, of course. So all of the information is on our website, which is um, www.who-zoo.com. Dot com. If you go to the old one, www.whofarm.com, that'll also work. Um, so uh, they'll, they'll both bring you through to the same website. So don't worry if you type that. Um, our, all of our ticket prices are on there. They start at um, they start at thirteen ninety five for kids and fourteen ninety five for adults. We do do various um, discount offers for those who are in the services, so blue light card offers, um, uh, military discount offers, and also um, for, for for people who's local to Telford, TLC card offers as well um they're all on the website um and we do advise booking tickets in advance which again you can all do through the website because um we do have a reduced capacity um we've sort of kept that reduced capacity ever since covid um so um so yeah we um um once we get over that we can't allow walk-ins on the day so it is worth booking in advance but i mean that in itself allows the experience to be even better because you can get closer and you can see the animals more easily and uh, i say i think that's it it, it, get, it sends the right message as well doesn't it that we're still in difficult times yeah exactly and you know when we did a uh, we did um some research as you imagine during covid we had plenty of time to sit down and and, mm -hmm. and work out uh, work out things and we did some measurements and research and worked out that we could actually have over 10,000 people on site and still be able to still be able to socially distance um but we uh, we made the decision obviously not to do that i mean we never we've never in our history had 10,000 people here anyway um but um but we decided to restrict our, our capacity down to down to just over 1,000 mm -hmm. so it does it does mean that yeah there's plenty space to spread about on site and um, you know we're, we're quite passionate about that we far rather make sure that everybody has an enjoyable experience than trying to cram as many people through the doors as possible yeah that's the best way of working it and, and it's all part of the ethos of what you're doing down there and the NCA making sure that your environmental impact is right and uh, I know you work on that through everything from the coffee bars through to cleaning up the site after visitors have left 
Yeah, exactly that. So it's one of the things that we're certainly passionate about at the moment um, and going forward is, is is reducing our carbon our carbon footprint, you know, as, as everybody is. So this year, we, for the first time, we were with the very, very first place in the UK to introduce a particular type of play equipment that is um, that is uh, um, over, I think it's over 70% recycled materials. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a particular climbing frame. We're the first place in the UK to have that. Um, and, um, and all of our... Uh, Boring things like all of our waste on site uh, all goes to recycling. None of it goes to landfill. Um, and we are in the process as well of going paperless. So we will be uh, launching an app um, within the next um, sort of six months or so. Um, rather than having physical maps that we hand out on site, people will be able to download the map to their phone to, again, cut on that environmental impact. And I'm going to guess I'll be able to tell exactly where they are from the map as well, which is even better than trying to look at a bit of paper and work out where you are. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's certainly going to be going to be useful because um, we do know that, that it can be a bit confusing walking around. And um, we obviously know it like the back of our hands. But, yeah, we know people who necessarily aren't familiar. It can be a bit of a nightmare. It's a huge blooming site. I think that's the thing. You've got so much there, so many places to go and see and just places to chill out as well. Um, from the farm animals through to the more exotic ones and the extinct ones and the shape of your animatronic dinosaurs, there is something there that's going to excite and entice every member of the family in and you'll have an absolutely fantastic time when you visit Who Zoo and Dinosaur World. So give us that website again. Yeah, it's www.who-zoo.com. So that little dash hyphen thing in the middle between who and zoo and a dot com on the end. And you will be preparing yourself for an amazing day out, one for all the family and all those different opening times and uh, the occasional cinema experience as well. That's right. Yeah, we've got another one coming up at the end of August, the August Bank Holiday Sunday. Uh, we're showing Jurassic Park um, outside um, on a big massive cinema screen in amongst our dinosaurs. Um, it's a fully interactive experience. So we'll have um, dinosaurs moving throughout um, live actors. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's definitely um, definitely a, a fun experience. We did we've done a couple now, and each one's gone down fantastically. So yeah, tickets for that as well are available via our website. You just go to the book tickets link, and you'll see the option up there. Yeah, and um, not to give too much away as well, but he has got a bit of a geeky jeep that ties him with all this as well. That's uh, so <laughs> will for you though. So uh, if he can, he will. But there we are. Yeah. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Have a brilliant summer. I know it's going to be busy, and uh, you say you're one of our amazing go-to destinations in our region, and, and well worth keeping the cash within the Midlands. No problem. Thanks very much, Jason. The Ambiquils have got a 12-inch single, which is 40 years before it's got to market, all due to some missing tapes and your chance to hunt around and look for something. This sounds an intriguing time over this summer. I've got Michael Burdett to tell us more. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm okay. Now, this is a story of intrigue and mystery here, and I hope we're finding you sort of excited by this and, and, and feeling good about what is an amazing musical story. It's, um, it's, it's, it's the completing of a circle, if you like. Um, Literally in plastic. <laughs> very fair point. Vinyl. But, <laughs> um, uh, I, was, um, I started off musically um, in the least rock and roll story you'll ever hear. I joined the punk band London in 1977. London featured John Moss, who went on to be part of Culture Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started rehearsing. Getting, they'd just been touring with the Stranglers. Um, and I joined and... Um, we started rehearsing ready for the first gig and I sort of realised I was 17 these were bigger boys and as I heard more and more tales of life on the road or touring with the Stranglers as they'd just done I just became scared and I thought (laughs) I thought you know I'm not I'm not for this and in the least rock and roll story ever I got my mother 
to phone the manager of the band, Simon Napier Bell, to say I wasn't available to play live. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, stage fright became a, a thing. So some five years later, I formed the Amber Quills. I was now um, singer. And um, again, you know, for a year we rehearsed and we honed our material. Record companies started becoming interested. And I just realized, you know what? this isn't for me. I, I, I loved recording, loved writing songs, but the idea of getting on stage singing just had no appeal whatsoever. I, the, the music industry is, is predicated on two very distinct things. What do you sound like and what do you look like? And I have to be honest, the what do you look like thing didn't, didn't grab me. And so I brought the band to an end and we never released anything. Um, and for 40 years, I've had these multi-track tapes. I've had a 40 year career in music behind the scenes. I write music for television mm. um, and, and theater and dance and film and uh, documentaries. Um, uh, I've had these multi-track tapes staring at me thinking I should finish those, those songs. We never finished them. And, uh, and it would have been one of those things I would never have got round to. Um, but I had a flood uh, just before lockdown and I lost most of my tape archive. And, you know, it wasn't the Mr. Blobby tapes that bothered me. <laughs> it wasn't the adverts for Frosties and Pringles and British. It was the Amber Quills multi-tracks. I found a company uh, at the start of lockdown who dried and restored tapes. And that's what they did over a long period of time. They dried this tape very, very slowly, very gently. And everything was still on there. And uh, the drums, the bass guitar, it was all there. And so in the breaks in lockdown, um, I decided to, to finish these, these, uh, these songs. And fortunate, a 40-year career in music, I've worked with some fantastic people. So uh, one of David Bowie's keyboard players, singers who worked with Paul McCartney, Tom Jones, uh, backing singers. And Simon Hanhart, who um, produced Perfect Day, the big hit for the BBC, <laughs> uh, mixed it. And so that's that's what we've ended up with, uh, a, a single of Chords and Candies, the first track to be released. There's, as you say, 12-inch singles, which have got two alternative mixes, and that's the only way those alternative mixes are available on the limited edition 12-inch single. There's only a 1,000 of them. Um, and... Um, and and obviously, Accords and Candies itself is available on all the normal, um, not normal download places. You can also go to theamberquills.com and download the track for free. Uh, but the twelve-inch singles interested me. Um, they are numbered, uh, so number one is the most collectible and hence the most expensive. And number a thousand was on sale at ten p, um, postage and packing free, and they go up in ten p increments. So. Um, <laughs> Oh, that was kind of fascinating. Um, the other thing, and you alluded to it, uh, is that as a tribute to 1982, 40 years ago since it was initially recorded, I thought it would be a good idea to have 82 specially pressed copies, marked hidden copy, and travel around Britain and secrete them mostly in charity shops and then post clues as to where they might be by sending obscure photos at the front of the shop. Uh, I decided to do this at a time when petrol wasn't quite the price it is now, <laughs> but, uh, but I've, I've just returned. And um, uh, do you know you can do 
mainland UK in 10 days. Well, there um, you go. Well, that, that sounds like one heck of a tour. And, and the only tour you were going to do as a band, as it were. So absolutely. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, there's a... I, what, I, what I did, I... If I went into a charity shop and all their records were four pounds, I felt no, there was no harm in going in with, with a copy under my jumper and just slipping it in there. But then I felt um, a, a tad guilty that, that, you know, these records might have some value to them. Um, and so then I started secreting some of my own vinyl collection in there. And I'm, uh, you know, and I was, I was sort of putting records in thinking, no, I want to keep hold of Elvis Costello's first album, but there you go. So um, 82 hidden records later, um, you know, they're out there and people are starting to find them. And it's so lovely. People are following the Amber Quills on social media, on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And yesterday um, I heard from Paul in Nantwich uh, saying, I've just found one of these in, 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 in the Red Cross Society shop in Nantwich. And, uh, somebody just found one in a hollow tree, um, which which I'll post about later. But um, I, I, it's, it's 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 I don't know why. I think I do know why. It it is curious, just sort of casting <laughs> these things out there, and then suddenly seeing them come back. And and um, yeah, it's 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 been a joyous experience, and I hope it doesn't subsume the the, the music itself. Um, but the, the thing I think the two things run hand in hand, and it sounds uh, it's like it, it, is, it is novel, it's interesting, and it's giving the music even more of a story, apart from having to be rescued uh, from from bobbing along in the basement with the uh, the water yeah. issues yeah. that you had. Yeah, absolutely. And, now, this this is a band though formed out of uh, school friends getting together five years after you probably left school. So how did the rest of the gang feel about this? Uh, they are incredibly supportive. I you know I pretty much. Um, uh, was just allowed to plough my own furrow, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and they've been brilliantly supportive. And and yeah, four four school friends, me, uh, Tim, Dave, and Neil, and we met at school. We were actually in three different years, um, but um, but I I do remember back to the rehearsals, and it was quite intense. But it was a, a just a joyous time. It was a joyous time, and and it. Um, and you know it, it's one of those things i've i've stage right i'm bizarrely i do a spoken word show now about a mm -hmm. book i wrote about nick drake and i've done 150 200 shows and i have no issues with stage right at all and i think the difference is the spoken word if you say something incorrect or you possibly offend somebody in the audience you can mend that you can mm -hmm. mend that there and then you sing a wrong note and it's out there forever. And <laughs> so I think, you know, in the last 40 years, they've invented auto-tune. Maybe now I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't have that issue. Well, right, that, that, the, the audio that's out there proves you don't need auto-tune. Uh, <laughs> the work that you do, I mean, it's, 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 it's an amazing career as well, though. And, and you know, it would have been a great loss if you hadn't been producing music in some way or form. Because as you say, you've done so much. What, what, apart from Mr Blobby stuff, what do you think stands out for you as, uh, as a highlight of your career? Do you know... Um, I co-wrote the theme tune to Homes Under the Hammer. And, <laughs> and, and I, it, it's, I, it's the thing that, you know, uh, people, people latch on to. But I, I, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but it, it's, it's been going for 17, 18 years with the same theme tune. And 
the editors say, do you know what? This this tune doesn't get on my nerves. And that's <laughs> that's my that's my greatest accolade, something that uh, poor editors have worked with day in, day out, and they're not annoyed by it. But, uh, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I did so many adverts and um, so many idents as well. I became quite the expert at, at doing sort of little four second interstitial things on television channels like ITV2 and um, uh, Channel 4 and just so many uh, things, Sky Arts. Um, yeah, and um, uh, yes, it's it's been interesting, but there's been contemporary dance, there's been esoteric Polish films, there's been uh, all, all sorts of uh, theatre productions. But yes, music has... Um, uh, and it's only now, and I don't know if you're the same. Do, do you, is vinyl part of your life now? I want it to be, but I haven't got anywhere to put the, uh, the, the player at the moment. I'm working on that. I'm going to have a room which will be able to accommodate one in the not-too-distant future. But so vinyl is something that I grew up with. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to guess just a little younger. I'm, I'm 50 this, uh, as of this year. And, but that means that I grew up in... The first record I bought was John Parsons' Almost Fire on 7-inch vinyl. And there have been albums all the way through until I, I went off to university, started buying CDs and DCC cassettes. So, you know, I've loved every little nuance that the music industry has thrown at us. Oh, and uh, I, 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 I rue the day that you couldn't pick up a piece of music, hold it and then play it rather than just clicking a button. And although it's great being able to shout out to my device, play you know, the, the Amber Quills, it, it's, it's still, it needs to have that physicality because music is so real to us. I, and that's a, that's a really fair point. I mean, you know, it's a hackneyed old argument um, now, but you're, you know, people of our or my generation, so many are returning to vinyl, and it is actually that having to commit to to make a choice. You know, on digital um, places, you can just skip, you can skip, but but committing yourself to a side of vinyl, and then being able to read the notes. Um, you know, find out who's playing on it, and and oh, what's the drummer's name? You know, what, what uh, and so so on and so forth. And the artwork, of course, is is magnificent. But um, yeah, I, I'm uh, I, I, I spent thirty five years not listening to music, um, and um, and that was I, I don't know. I'd only really listen to music if an ad agency said, "Oh, we need it to sound like you know the sort of thing Madonna's doing now," mm -hmm. or, or or this string quartet or whatever. And so you'd reference stuff. But for pleasure, uh, I'd say music disappeared out of my life, really. But mm -hmm. um, And that's easy to do working in radio as well, because although we get to share some amazing songs and things with people, we're normally waiting for it to finish because we've got to do something else. Um, and and, and it, that is the wrong way to treat music. We should be like our listeners and, and, and making the most of it. And I think that, that's something which, when you work in the industry, you do often miss out on. Well, it's, it's one of the greatest facts that... Um, most of the people I know who work in television, the one thing they don't ever seem to do is watch television. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's why you get a raft of, of programmes of the same, you know, genre. Mm -hmm. um, something gets made, it becomes successful, and bang, everybody's doing um, uh, lookalikes, you know. Well, but, I don't think uh, everybody's no. going to try and drown the original recordings of their tapes to, 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 to get to the same point as the Amber Quills. I, I think that 
is unlikely to happen. However, it, 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 this one, it, it's a, a, a benefit that you were able to get these things dried out and get the singles out there and the 82 in charity shops and tree stumps and all sorts of things across the UK as part of the tour for the Amber Quills. And uh, who knows what can happen next? Is there more material on these tapes that we might get to hear? There is. Uh, we've just finished um, two more tracks and, um, you know, what, watch this space, really. Uh, the Amber Quills seems to be, uh, you know, Chords and Candy seems to be getting a, a, a bit of traction and, um, and people are enjoying the hunt. And I, I'm really enjoying that. You know, somebody emailed me yesterday to say, I've worked out from one of your clues, there's a copy in a certain shop in West Wales. I'm not convinced I'm going to drive 250 miles to a charity shop that may or may not still have it, you know. <laughs> So, so, um, so it's, it's, it's creating a bit of fun, I think. And I'm just so proud and I'm really proud that at last this idiot has finished a project. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, I, 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 I just like the fact it's a completed piece of music. That in itself uh, is, is part of the excitement. So give us all of the socials and where we find you and everything else that ties in with the project. Well, uh, if you go to theamberquills.com, uh, you'll be able to download the track for free or buy one of the numbered 12-inch singles. If you follow The Amber Quills on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, you'll see clues um, for where these hidden copies are. And, you know, get into charity shops. They're an amazing thing, just like... Um, you know, the completion of this piece of music, the circular action of, of charity shops where people give things that they don't need anymore. I mean, this is really um, obvious stuff, but it gets recycled, it gets reused. And uh, um, yeah, so uh, I pretty much every charity shop I went into, I felt I needed to buy something. So <laughs> I do have a lot of teapots now. <laughs> a new collection that sort of ties along the way. And so again, and also part of the story. And can we find your website as well? Can we pick you up online? Uh, you can, michaelburdett.com, but that's traditionally just uh, somewhere where, where people come if they want to, um, you know, get some original music done. But... Um, uh, yeah, I, I would uh, I would say theamberquills.com is uh, is the place to be, and you can read all about um, all about the story. Well, it is an amazing story in itself, and one that which is out there in the real world, out in the wild. The Amberquills doing their thing. Michael Burdett, thank you so much for joining us and for your perseverance in this project. Oh, Jason, thanks so much, and it's a real delight to be here.
meet are out on the road over the whole of the latter part of 2022 they're going to be here there and everywhere and they've also got a dvd and an album and so much more besides i want to share it all the flying free tour is what you're looking for if you're googling it if you're looking for the band i've actually got two of them now aaron and grace bond hello to you both oh how you doing all good here and an amazing uh, time with the music. Tell us what's been going on. Wow. We've had a pretty busy last couple of years, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so we put an album out at the end of last year. So that was um, Saving Grace, which has done amazingly well. We're so happy with how it's been received. Um, Lose Album of the Year, we got Planet Rock. Um, best album, Beating Iron Maiden. We just love <laughs> to say that. <laughs> which obviously something broke. But yeah, we I don't know quite what happened there. Um, and then we went on tour at the beginning of this, well, in spring um, of this year. So we've yeah, had... Yeah, our first UK headline tour in spring, and we're going to continue that in October. We're so. off to the States in a couple of weeks, yeah. so it's very exciting. And, so, and that is, it's the excitement, I think, which is adding up to, to, to part of the buzz around all of this as well. I mean, you are the go-to gig at the moment. So uh, it, it's uh, the fact the US are jumping on board with this as well is great to hear. And uh, give us the rest of the lineup for the band. Um, so we have a bass player called Roger Innes, Mr. Bassman, probably the best bass player in the country, um, and James Fox on drums. And this uh, yeah, nice sort of compact lineup, but it gives a big stage sound. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely, I think it even sort of surprised us because we mm. are um, we've always performed as a duo. We Aaron had a kick drum, um, and 
but our recordings, our producer played bass and drums, he done the rhythm section for us on the recordings. And we were pretty surprised ourselves what a what a full sound we get once yeah. we bring in the rhythm section like our touring band. So um yeah, we're really chuffed with with how the live shows have been yeah. going. Yeah, totally. And and through the work that you're doing, and and yeah, the the fact that you've got an album which has been so successful. I mean, it must be great when you get in the audience singing along, and and that that is when you know you've made it as a band. And I know that's happening to you. Uh, and uh, yeah, just to be able to share that, and yeah, the DVD with so much live stuff on there as well. This is it, it, it's it's like sowing lots of seeds and seeing an entire garden grow with the music. Definitely, there's been it's it's been kind of well. A bit of a whirlwind three years, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Because um, uh, we recorded an album just um, as lockdown lifted the first, the very first time. We went into the studio, didn't we? And we recorded an album. And uh, it was just the three of us, uh, myself, Grace, and our producer, Adam. And um, yeah, that was back in 2020. We released it in November. But it's just bit, yeah, it, it's yeah. been, um, it feels like we're, there's constant learning curves that we're going through, which oh, we're yeah. loving. But yeah. Um, like for example, we didn't eat really while we were on tour, <laughs> <Not> really, <no. laughs> like, which had some really cool side effects. Like we both yeah. lost weight, but it's been um, yeah, it's been like massive learning curves, and we're just loving every minute. Yeah. So, so the moral is: join a band, lose weight, is what you're telling us here. <laughs> Um, but uh, as long as you do it sensibly, that's okay. But I'm saying, but the, the speed and the business of what's going on, and uh, and the way this has developed, uh, yeah, the, the US uh, taking uh, uh, a massive interest in the music, and where does the, I mean the name itself come? Because it, where does meet? Sounds it is you know it's a, a way of expressing yourself through the name before people even get to the music. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before uh, we formed When Rivers Meet, we were called Holmes and Bond. And um, Grace's maiden name was Holmes, and obviously I'd worked that bit out. The marriage thing sport the band name. Exactly, it's yeah, it's because it was Bond and Bond. It's like it sounds like a building firm or something. So we thought, <laughs> we so uh, we were in Sardinia actually uh, on holiday, and we were just looking. We were trying to find a name for the band. That's what we were trying to do. And we were just on this ravine, and we were looking over these two rivers where the two rivers met. And it's like when rivers meet. It's like oh wow. We wanted something know. that symbolised yeah. symbolised the coming together of two. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so that that works. The sound works, and uh, obviously the chemistry that you have because of all of this as well. I mean, I think that that just makes the song so much more meaningful too. I hope so. Yeah. And um, when we're playing live, I think a big part of of sort of the show almost is just that people sort of can see that we are such a unit yeah, together, totally, yeah. and we really are. Like we're we're together twenty four seven, and you know we're really lucky yeah. that we get on well that we're able to do it together yeah. and and all our songs are, are written uh we write them about our own experiences or other people's experiences that people that we know and things like that so it's kind of like everything is is about feelings and emotions and stuff like that so yeah it's just really cool when you put that into the show and it's like oh wow it comes, so cool. really comes to so life cool. then yeah, yeah. But genre-wise as well, though, it's not something that's... Yeah, you're not held back by any particular genre. No, uh, we've got massive influences um, from not only blues and rock, but also from Americana and country and folk and all that. And we just literally blend it all together. There are influences, aren't they? Yeah, and I think because I play mandolin, we, even though mandolin with, electric mandolin with a slide a lot of the time, <laughs> but... 
I play mandolin and violin, it really brings in yeah. some different colours. Yeah. And even though flavors, we've done yeah. well, you know, we've got some great rock awards and some great blues awards, there's definitely like other other influences yeah. and we def we don't feel that we need to be anything in particular no, to be honest like yeah, we just yeah. write music that we really we like and we hope then that other people will resonate with it yeah. so well that's going well so far so fingers crossed that continues <laughs> and uh, we can continue to see the sort of experience that uh, we're having so far so you're in the us in the not too distant future uh, do check the website for that one uh, also we'd say there's the tour around the uk and nothing heart of wolverhampton at the moment but uh, up the road in sheffield liverpool and and it's it's worth the journey isn't it oh, oh yeah yeah definitely i mean we we just love gigging so and and we hope that that really comes across when we're playing so and even though um it's not something you want to say but we we were pretty um pretty anxious going because this was yeah. our first headline tour first time we've toured with a band yeah. um anything at this level we've never done anything at that size and we've had such a great reaction so yeah. it is like the tour it's gone so well um yeah. and and we've, we've enjoyed every minute of it so far yeah and it's really felt like there's so many like um, it feels like a bit a real community that's yeah. grown. Um, like we have Facebook meetup groups for every show beforehand. <laughs> There's a lot of friendships that's been been built, and it feels more like I don't know. It's well, it's also a case of like uh, when we was online, we were doing everything online for mm -hmm. every week during lockdown and things like that. Um, we got to know so many people and the, so many names, but we didn't know what they look, what people look like necessarily. And then they were coming up to us at the show afterwards and we were like, oh, it's so and so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so great. It's and, and that was the same for other people as yeah, well. Yeah. They've been chatting online and yeah, um, yeah they, it's just been so much fun. Like when we've had like grown men in tears at the end of the show coming up to us, we're like, oh. Oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, so cool, so cool. <laughs> well, I say, the music is more than cool. Uh, I think we, if you stick an Uber call in front of it, it's everything but the taxi home. So that'll be well worth a listen. Uh, so uh, we're going to take a track. What should we listen to? I've got the whole album in front of me, so give me your choice. Well, I think uh, my favourite song to play out Grace, is... are you OK with doing his favourite song? Is that all yeah. right? Uh, are you no, all right with this? Yeah. Or do you want to choose? No, you're fine. All right, did I, did I... <laughs> I break the law is my favourite, yeah. Okay, I break the law. That's a track we'll listen to. And uh, you've got a little video clip online as well. People can find that just by searching for you on all your socials and on the website. Give us those details too, please. Yeah, so our website is whenriversmeet.co.uk. You will find all of our links on there. Like so we've got the the live album and DVD taken from the first leg of the tour, which actually comes out next week, end of next week, sort of 29th. Um, so... Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on at the yeah, moment. Yeah, huge amount. <laughs> so that's going to be absolutely massive. Take a listen to it, enjoy the music. We're going to do that now. But for now, Grace and Aaron from When Rivers Meet, thank you for joining us. Oh, Thanks thank for you. Us. Cheers. Cheers.
Film and TV sets are proving popular destinations for Brits opting for a UK holiday this summer. Someone for whom his own TV set is actually the coach he travels around on his tour guide from Coast Trip, Brendan Shearing. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jason, and good afternoon to all your listeners. Well, thank you for joining us. It's always good to speak to you. And uh, we've got, hopefully, a fantastic summer ahead. The weather goes here up and down a little bit. And, but the, you know, an air-conditioned coach followed by an air-conditioned car once you've got to your destination are brilliant ways of enjoying your, uh, your, your tour around the UK. Yes, and a Europe car have done a survey, actually, Jason, and 26% of their people that they surveyed are having a, a holiday in the UK, a staycation. And of that, 76% of them would like to visit a TV location or where a film was made. Um, and um, and it's quite big business at the moment. They're going everywhere from Annick Castle to um, Downton to see, obviously, to see um, Highclere Castle at Downton. Mm -hmm. And then they're also travelling um, to Northern Ireland to see where Game of Thrones was made. You know, I think people are, are just obsessed with, you know, with their fans of certain programmes. They're just obsessed. They want to see where it was made, where it's situated. And, of course, Europe Car have a fleet of vehicles to take them uh, they can even hire a four by four and go up to the scottish highlands to see where skyfall was made you know with daniel craig and judy dench that last scene in the highlands of scotland and it, but it's, it's always a joy to actually get the idea of the scale of the places that you've seen on screen and sometimes they're bigger sometimes they're smaller it's all done in the way in which the photography works which is amazing but as i say it, whether you're getting there by coach or train and then hiring a car once you're there to get around i mean i've, I've done that i flew to scotland and um, used europe car to actually then get me about when i got there so you don't necessarily have to do the long trip but so if you do want to do the full drive yourself because it's the easiest way of getting your luggage there you can uh, you can do that and it is about making that journey part of the experience too and doing it in a, an exciting car for the whole family when maybe you haven't even got one yourself but you're doing it for the holiday is brilliant fun yeah yeah and the thing is jason you know with the school holidays coming up you know we all know parents uh, you know racking their brains of things to do and they can hire a car even you know even for a day or for a couple two or three days you know you don't have to hire a car for a whole week or two weeks you can hire it for a, a few days and plan your trips out you know with the kids and you can go and see these marvelous tv locations I'm talking to you at the moment, Jason, from Yorkshire, so you can imagine Heartbeat was made upon the North Yorkshire Moors. You could take a, a car from Europe car in York or in Leeds, drive over, you know, over the Moors, up through Pickering, see where they made Heartbeat at Gothland, and then go down into Whitby and Scarborough and have some fish and chips and then come back, you know, and that's one day. The next day, you know, you could go off down to the to the Midlands and see where they made um, Peaky Blinders. You know, you've got so much freedom with Europe car, you know. And, um, and of course, at the moment, as you can imagine, the railways are all up in the air. We don't know whether they're operating, whether they're on strike or not. So it is a good option. It's an amazing option to hire a car for two or three days or if you want for the whole week or two weeks and off you go. You've got the freedom of the United Kingdom and you can make a, a lovely holiday out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Make it all part of 
that holiday. And and where where do you like to go to? Because uh, obviously you're used to travelling, so you're up and down the country all the time. And when you're you know on coach trip, we see uh, how you experience these things. But is is there somewhere that you want to go and see? Have you always fancied you know nipping to somewhere like the, the Granada Studios tours and things like that that have been there? Oh in the past? yeah, well actually actually I must admit I had to go I had to go. Would you believe it for um, uh, a health check? for a program and uh, and I went to the Granada studios and I saw a lovely Irish doctor who who examined me and afterwards um they took me on the set of Coronation Street as a little treat <laughs> it was a little surprise for me uh, they knew I was coming and I was obviously in the throes of doing coach trips so and it was amazing and then I went into the canteen and all they're all there all the characters are there <laughs> you know having lunch across the road from the studios but I went to um, I went into the Rovers' return, and I went in the little back room, you know, which was uh, where Betty made a hot pot, and, <laughs> and it was lovely. And walked down the street, and I have I have some really personal photographs, you know, that were taken of that day, and it was such a lovely treat for the Granada people to do for me, you know, because it was a surprise, you know, I was just going for a, a medical, really. So. There's lots going on, lots of places to see and visit. And say, it's a chance to get those photos. You enjoyed your pictures on Coronation Street. Uh, yeah, there's so many different venues to go and, and see. And you know, even if you're maybe going down to see uh, what was Nelson Mandela House in uh, Only Fools and Horses down in London, you know, there are all sorts of, of, of different things to see and something for absolutely everybody when you're out on the road. Oh, yes, exactly. And, I mean, the thing is, as well, like, tourism in Northern Ireland has taken off because that's where they make um, Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. So, as you said, there's, a, there's a, a bit of everything for everybody. You know, a lot of people go down to Cornwall, to the Atlantic coast, you know, just north of Padstow. You've got Port Isaac, and there they make, um, you know, they make Doc... Doc Martin, mm -hmm. the lovely film, uh, the TV series, which is so funny. Um, and, you know, and a lot of people use, you know, Europe Car to do that because obviously, you know, in, in places like Devon and Cornwall, you do need a car, you know, to, to get all around to these lovely spots. Yeah, well, you sometimes need something more than your little run around as well. He's got to have sometimes a slightly bigger engine to get up there, up and down the hills. Exactly, exactly. And like, as I said earlier about going to, into the highlands of Scotland, you know, they've got an amazing fleet of four by fours, which would do the job easily. And you could go see where, you know, they made Skyfall. And then, of course, Northumberland has got um, Annick Castle, you know, which was... Um, um, That's a Hogwarts. Yeah, the Hogwarts, exactly, which was um, um, Harry Potter. Um, was made there so yeah you've got everything for everybody and of course you've got to remember you know with the uk so it's scotland island uh wales and and um you know and england so there are places for everybody to visit you know mm -hmm. it's amazing and it's great to keep the uh, the finance in the country at the moment and make sure we're spending our pounds here and bolstering our own tourism which is of course taking a hit over the last few years but when it comes to being out and about obviously coach trip is one of the staples on our tv screens a celebrity version earlier this year what have you got going on at the moment anything in the near future well hopefully yeah well hopefully we'll be they're, they're sorting out budgets at the moment and hopefully we'll be riding the coach again in the springtime i think we're waiting for things to settle down a little bit more in Europe. 
um, and then we'll be off again. Yeah, the coach will ride again. That's the way we like it. Where can we go for more information all about uh, these destinations at uh, Europe Car are suggesting we can oh, enjoy yeah, during our yeah, holiday? exactly. They've got their own website. You can go on europecar.uk.com and um, and they will, uh, yeah, it's all there on their website, all the information and, of course, all the, the prices and the hire and, and all the vehicles, all the lovely uh, fleet of vehicles that, that you can hire, you know, to go. So europecaruk.com, I'll just Google Europe Car and you'll be able to see some of the fantastic vehicles you can enjoy looking at the great British countryside from and uh, enjoying it wherever you go. So if you've not got a car, this is a brilliant way of having the freedom during a holiday and uh, without you having to impact the environment by flying off abroad. Exactly, exactly. And going through all that chaos at the airports and things of that nature. A lot of, putting a lot of people off, Jason, a lot of people. That's why, you know, Europe Car did this survey. And, and as I say, 26% are staying here in the UK. And, and it's just for the ease of it, you know, and not having to have all that hassle. Well, it's uh, going to be a good summer of holidays ahead. And uh, obviously, Europe Car giving us some fantastic suggestions of places to visit. Brendan Sheeran, tour guide from Coast Trip, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jason, and, and regards to all your listeners. Thank you. Parlour Creepers have their debut album out there, Exciting the World. I'm joined now by two of their number, Matt and Ems. How are you doing, boys? Hello. All right, Jace. How are you doing? All good here. So uh, we're, we're missing Andy. What's going on there? What have you done with him? He's, he's well, poor. Uh... I told him not to go anywhere, um, but he went somewhere, and we don't know where he is. He's hiding somewhere. This, this, this is what you get, yeah, guitarist. What could you do? So, uh, Matt, I'll let you start. Give us a bit of the background to the Parlour Creepers. Well, basically, yeah, we're a three-piece um, heavy rock band from Dudley, um, and uh, I'm uh, the bass player and the singer. We've got MZ, who's in the call as well on drums. Um, and Andy, who's the one who's AE, who's poorly, he's the guitar player and backing vocals. Um, and um, yeah, we've just released our debut album um, called Parlour Creepers One. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for having us on your show and letting us um, promote it a bit. Whatever, well, yeah, and we'll hear a track from it in a short while's time, but. I mean, when it comes down to what you guys are doing musically, I mean, I've, I've known Andy and yourself, Matt, for absolutely years. We're talking probably more than a decade now, I'm going to guess. It's got to be 15 years I've known you two. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because, um, yeah, it has, yeah, easily, I'd say. And when you've done solo work and been part of bands in the past, always impressed. And uh, I think it, music is basically in your blood, isn't it? Oh, well, maybe, maybe. But yeah, I mean, uh, thank you. Um, thanks for having us on your show again. I, I suppose um, it's just something we enjoy doing. I don't know if it's in our blood, but we just enjoy doing it, like, you know. Mm -hmm. well, Ems, MZ, give us your story then. How do you know these uh, reprobates? <laughs> that's uh, that's a quite a long story. I'll keep it short. Matt, basically, um, with two T's, not one, by the way, um, bumped him at high school and couldn't shake him to be fair I've known him since then so when Zach was like going on so it was 95 onwards 94 onwards something like so we used to go to uh, his house and rap 
on cassette tapes and make rap albums. That's as far ago as it used to be. Well, we look for the indie rock uh, sort of remix of some of those tracks at some point in the not too distant future. Uh, you know, we won't get that anytime soon. And it was because uh, I was when I was trying to I, I was trying to start a band when I first got into music and that, and uh, we found a we found a bass player and um, a guitarist, but we they, we then we couldn't find a drummer, so I asked Emzig if he if he fancied learning the drums and he did and we we was in the band together in our first ever band with mz and then um we split up and years and years went by and mz's just stopped playing the drums more or less and then um when we started parlor creepers more or less the same thing happened with me and andy we wanted to carry on after Saturday morning and um andy was already already a guitar player i says i'll play bass and um i thought we need a drummer so who do we go back to, MZ? And of course, uh, he's come in, and uh, that was it. Paul Creepers was born. And uh, gigging as well. Are we expecting much on the uh, on that sort of festival front over the summer? Or, um, well, we've we've done quite a few gigs actually recently. We ain't got much coming up. I mean, we've got a couple coming up. We're having a bit of a quiet spell at the moment. We got um, we're playing um, I've wrote them down here actually. We're playing um. On Wednesday, the 31st of August, at the Dark Horse in Mousley, Birmingham. Yeah. Um, we're going over the border. <laughs> You've been vaccinated, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Our injections and that for that. Um, and um, we've uh, we got one on the 23rd of September at the Gifford in Wolverhampton. A proper venue as well. That's going to suit your sound, isn't it? I mean, to be fair, talking about festivals, we've tried to get on loads. We've messaged people... Um, we've done all we can really to try and get on them, but for some reason, um, we can't get on them. So, well, we're... A, a bit more penetration from the album as we go through this year. Next summer is going to be mental, I can pretty much see it. Well, yeah, yeah, let's see. <laughs> we, we can hope, but yeah, I think next year might be the year we get into maybe one or two festivals and then they'll have us back the year after that. So, that'll be all right. That'll be the way to do it. And, but, but these things have to build, though, don't they? And you have to make a name for yourself. And Soul in Morning did that over the course of, what was it, four or five albums? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, even then, we, we struggled to get on um, We struggled to get on festivals. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think if uh, I've upset someone over the years. Like, you it's, know what I mean? It's possible. Knowing you, it is entirely yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to say no more than that. But, I mean, what's the inspiration behind the music then this time around? What are you writing about? When I first came in, it was, uh, I think it was January, February 2019, it was just a case of let's just lay down some thick riffs and let's just build some drums. And uh, a couple of songs came from that and the rest is history. But it's just like local... Maybe, um, Matt could probably just say that I'm talking horse poo, but it's... I think it's majority of it, I think, comes from his experiences and things that happened to Matt and probably Andy as well. Um, and it's just like, if you know, then you know. If you know Matt and you know Andy and you listen to our new album, you'll probably, if you listen to some lyrics and get the feel of some songs and stuff, you'll be like, what's that about? And then you can just ask him or if you know him quite well, you can probably guess what some songs are about. <laughs> it's, 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 just, it's, just, it's just massive riffage. Um, heavy drums, awesome vocals, and very, very good bass lines. So, I expect nothing some... less to be fair because I, I would say I've, I've known the guys involved and I'm expecting amazing things. I have to admit, I haven't heard anything yet, and I'm about to. So, yeah. Matt, 
you're going to bring us a, a track. Now you've do, you've done a video for this one and everything. So tell us about it. Um, well, um, we've uh, we've done a few videos actually. With, mm -hmm. Well, four. Um, but uh, this one in particular um, is called International Residue. It's my personal favourite song uh, on our new album. Um, and um, yeah, we uh, we were just thinking what we could um, what we could do in terms of uh, we now money when to do a decent video like um, and uh, yeah we've um, so we've kept it uh, pretty um, we've kept it pretty straightforward and very orange okay orange sounds good I'm liking that idea so uh, what's the track called called International Residue International Residue and uh, which track on the album is it because I think a placement on an album is always important Yes, yeah, um, it is the third song on our album, actually. The all important uh, third song. The all important third song, yeah. Um, okay. Yes, that's right. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully you like it. But it's a bit different to, like, Sowly Morning. And um, if you've heard, like, my solo stuff, it's different to that as well. It's a bit more abrasive and, you know. But um, that was the direction we wanted to do it. Or MZ talking earlier. Um, we all really, one thing we all really got in common, um, all three of us, is uh, we just like really heavy riffs and that, like, you know, and um, yeah. so we just, we just try and, um, it's a bit of a challenge for us to come up with like the best kind of riffs we can, if you know what I mean. Okay, um, so kind of a riff fest, whatever happens. And, uh, at the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a battle of the riffs. But we'll take this to the track. Before we do, though, how do we get hold of the music and also get tickets for those gigs you talked about? Uh, well, we can. Uh, we are. We've, our music is all online, and that um, you know stuff like Spotify and um, Apple Music and Bandcamp and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can get physical copies uh, like this, and um, that's on. Uh, we're on a so-called Big Cartel, but basically, if you go onto our um, Facebook page or our Instagram page um, with there's a link in our like biog where the the shop is basically where you can get one of these. You can also get t-shirts as well, Paula Cooper, Paula Cooper's t-shirts. Um, very very nice, So get yours while they last. <laughs> in terms of um, in terms of tickets for gigs, um, the gig we was uh, on about in Mowsley. You don't need tickets for that. You can just show up. It's a great venue actually. That is uh, in Mowsley. <laughs> The Dark Horse, um, the 23rd of September at the Gifford. Um, we have got tickets for that. If you want to, if you want one, just get in touch with us on Facebook um, or Instagram. Uh, just look for us at, at Parlor Creepers um, and uh, you'll find us. Have a look on YouTube at our videos as well. Um, and yeah, come and see us. Come and see us uh, play live. So track down Parlor Creepers on the socials. And in real life, worth a look. So uh, we got, I said, the absent Andy, MZ, and Matt. Thank you for joining us, and we'll take a listen to the track. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Thank you.
That's it all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 684 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.